The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Astros Baseball is brought to you by Ram Shirts. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Thank you for tuning in to Episode 4 of my series on sign-stealing. Today's episode, The Cleveland Indians. According to the baseball codes by Jason Turbo, the Indians were privy to the art of sign stealing in 1948. However, it was a little more than simply relaying signs when a player is on second or glancing at the catcher during a plate appearance. The Indians went all out in 1948 setting up a station in the scoreboard of Municipal Stadium that included a telescope, Bob Feller, and some creative arm placement. In 1948, the Indians were suffering from a late August slump in which they dropped from first place to third in the pennant race in less than two weeks. Four and a half games behind Boston, the only logical conclusion was to set up a spy station in the scoreboard. Feller, who developed strong military-grade gun sight in World War II, was joined by Bob Lemon and Marshall and Harold Bassard, son of groundskeeper Emil Bassard. One of the first batters to utilize this new system was Al Rosen, who was making his big league debut at the end of August. He was instructed by then player manager Lou Bordreau to look at the scoreboard during his at bat. Allegedly, Bordreau told Rosen if he saw an arm hanging out of the scoreboard near where it says run, hits, and errors, it meant that a curveball would be thrown. Rosen watched, saw the arm, and delivered a double to left center off the curveball delivered by Yankees pitcher Bob Porterfield. rest of the 1948 season, the Indians won 19 of their final 24 games 
which forced a playoff game with the Red Sox. However, the game was in Boston, meaning the scoreboard system would not have been able to be employed during Cleveland's victory. As every fan knows, the Indians went to the World Series in 1948 and defeated the Boston Braves. Did they cheat during the Fall Classic? It can't be said for sure. Cleveland won in six games, though the victory was tarnished due to the knowledge that the Tribe cheated throughout the end of the season. Larry Doby spent many years following the 1948 Fall Classic insisting that his home run in Game 4 was not the result of any sign-stealing maneuvers. It became common knowledge that the team employed the scoreboard cheating system throughout the season. Feller himself even admitted to calling a Grand Slam home run for Joe Gordon on a 3-0 count against the Red Sox, a hit that had Boston manager Joe McCarthy staring at the scoreboard from the Boston dugout knowing what had transpired moments before. Cheating is part of the game. That's the mindset of teams and players everywhere. Does it make the winnings any less important? If the 1948 Indians hadn't used the scoreboard system in August, would they ever have made it to the World Series that year? Rosen admitted that he shouldn't have gotten wrapped up in the cheating system employed in 1948 and should have simply used his own judgment instead. Now let's move ahead to the Cleveland Indians of 1959 and 1960 who were running a sign-stealing scheme pretty much like what the Astros were doing and it was eventually described by Chuck Tanner who had been an outfielder with the team at the time and was the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates when he told the Pittsburgh Press about it in 1979. He said a guy sat in center field and looked through a telescope. He had a buzzer that would ring once for fastball, twice for curve, and three times for a pitch out. The buzzer sounded in a restroom adjacent to the Indian dugout. The messenger inside would bang the message on the door. A coach in the dugout would relay it to the hitter. The system worked until the Indians made a trade. They were afraid that the traded player would turn them in. A lot of people say that sign stealing has been going on since the beginning of baseball, but the Astros took it to another level. 
Episode 4 is just another example of how that is a false statement. The Astros are the scapegoat. They are not the first ones to ever do it. Just like the Indians were afraid a traded player would turn them in, it was a former Astro that turned them in. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any of the offer, discount, or coupon.